But dude, this was at like six thirty-seven. Well, dude, Sundays get ratch. I, I couldn't believe when I got home it was only like eight eight thirty or something like that. <laughs> well, I mean, you'd been drinking for like midnight, drinking for twelve hours. Um, dude, you were probably having the time of your life while I was miserable. Yeah, dude. What I want to know about that scenario? What? Dude, holy! <laughs> I woke up. I woke up and saw your video and read all your Twitter things, and I was like, "Holy hell, what happened?" Dude, oh my god! So, anybody listening, uh, just uh, check out at Look It Out Podcast for the uh, entire Twitter thread. But I basically tweeted about the experience of coming no, back from not. Austin. Um, no, we're but we are recording. But we good. Um, Dude, how how are you gonna get live with all that background information? <laughs> Don't worry, I'll chop it up. I'll chop it up. It's no, all you chopping it all out. <laughs> Just chop it up. Chop it in the chop shop. No, we chopping it all out. That <laughs> is not info that is publicly advised on. Got you. I got you. We'll, we'll chop it up. We'll chop right, it. Now you can now now that that has been disclosed, you can go ahead and hit your plug and do your entry. Yeah. So, uh, anyways, the uh, the entire trip went to Austin. What a, I left on a Thursday and came back on a Sunday, and uh, it was an awesome time. It was like the majority of the time, uh, I was so surprised how much Austin felt like Charlotte. I was. Have you ever, have you been to Texas at all? No. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, there's the perception that it's super kind of country and, uh, I don't know, Western and stuff like that. And there are Western influences and stuff like that. But Austin specifically felt like a Charlotte South end without the majority of uptown, which would be like young people from anywhere 20, 20 to 40. I don't think I saw anybody really that was in their like 50s or 60s. I felt like it felt like a college town. Mm-hmm. And I was just like super surprised about the uh, uh, the young the young feel, I guess, that was there. But it was definitely like millennial friendly. And it kind of felt like a Noda hipster vibe had Sixth uh, Street, which was essentially like Nashville's Broadway um broadway street or whatever and uh you know it has all the the bars and the touristy areas and stuff like that the the main stuff uh esther's follies is a, a kind of an off-broadway skit show that i have a buddy that um billy brooks is a performer there went and met him for the first time i've, I've known him online for a while but uh he was really cool to meet in person um but yeah we um flew into Got into Austin. When did we get in? It was middle of Thursday, and mm-hmm. had to start. The, had to start it off right with a classic Terry Black's barbecue from Austin, and it's like their staple, staple, locally uh, homegrown barbecue, all that good stuff. And uh, they have brisket, and um, I think they had. A variety of different types of meats that you could choose from, not just barbecue. So if you didn't want just barbecue, they had other options. But not just the the food, the the sides. Oh my lanta, dude! Uh, it was served kind of like Jackson's cafeteria style, you know, like like a cafeteria. You walk in, they 
give you a nice little get a nice little scoop. Get mm-hmm. a scoop of corn or a, a slice of mac and cheese. And it was like that home country cooking. And that was how I kicked off the uh the trip. And I was like, oh shit, this is delicious. The food down there is dank, dude. And I'll give you even better news. In comparison to the prices, I feel like the prices were pretty reasonable around there. Mm-hmm. Um, like, uh, I met up with uh, Corey on Double Toasted's Corey, Corey Coleman, and uh, we went to the Elephant Room, which was like a jazz club. It felt like something straight out of B, uh, Cowboy Bebop. Fucking got like six old fashions. Got freaking hammered and uh ended up going to this other place like a hole in the wall casino el camino or something like that it was like a, it was definitely a hole in the wall i i posted a quick snap of it on the inside but it was definitely like one of the, it felt like the friends of the place you know you, you got this guy in the corner with a big scraggly beard that talks like this he's like hey <laughs> Oh, uh, and sometimes he's checking ID <laughs> for whatever reason. Um, and maybe or maybe not works there, that type of thing. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there was kind of like, there, you know what I was uh, actually surprised of? There was uh, a large L, L, LBGT community there. Mm-hmm. And like specifically, I saw a lot of lesbian women. Mm-hmm. Um. I, it, but it's not like, like super open about that. I guess. Like I think most places I've ever been that were super LGBT friendly, were very you know rainbows everywhere and that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. But this place felt very I don't know integrated in a way. Um, okay. Yeah. So I thought that was an interesting thing. Like I, like a lot of a lot of workers there. It felt like locals. It didn't feel like people that were uh, traveling. You know, mm-hmm. so anyways, had an excellent time hanging out with Corey, getting way too turned. I was hungover the next morning. I almost couldn't get back in my room. Uh, <laughs> I almost fell asleep in the lobby at this fucking nice hotel. <laughs> oh, my fuck. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, like we weren't at the Four Seasons, but we were very close to the Four Seasons. Um, so you were like level up. Oh, dude, it was definitely a level up. But the the, the 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 views were nice. The um, what else? The views were nice. The food was delicious. Uh, went to see Dune in IMAX on the biggest IMAX screen in Texas or something like that. And How was that? holy Santa Claus, dude. I don't think you've watched Dune until you've seen it in IMAX and seen uh, Earthworm Jim on the big, big screen. <laughs> dude. How were the, um, like how crispy was it? Dude, it was so crispy. That was the thing. I was like, dude, I feel like I'm. It's already a crispy movie already. (laughs) I was like in, I was in the tub with the Baron. (laughs) Oh, it'd be like that. (laughs) Dude, you know when you want to just get in the hot tub with the Baron? He's a. Oh, dude. Dude, when, 
the uh the earthworm or what is it called shy halud when the shy halud worm like uh consumes the screen it literally consumed every inch of the imax and if you looked down because i was so high on the the imax that you had to look down to see the entire floor if you look down it would be like the equivalent they made it scaled to size so like mm -hmm. if you were standing on the very first row that you could feel as big you you were how big the uh the main character was like, you know how he's like standing in front of earthworm Jim. It's like, yeah. it's that fucking big dude. The, the worm was literally taking up every inch. So it's like, you felt the actual scale of the worm. Oh my God, right. dude. That's like a hundred by a hundred feet or something like that. I don't know. I was like, dude, this is crazy. I want to watch every movie in IMAX like that. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Once you, once you go to that kind of, that kind of quality, it takes the whole entire movie experience to a whole nother level that's why we like going to um like the limax in over in stonecrest that's even that's even better uh than nothing you know i just like the the crispiness and like the quality is like holy santa claus and actually it was affordable to go to this one how much was the ticket uh you tell me well i'll tell you right now the but when we go to, um, I think that tickets range from anywhere for and a, a child is uh, 13, I think seniors are 13, and I think adults, if I'm not mistaken, are you like 15 to 17, okay. I think. I, I, I don't know for 100%. Yeah. But I think that's roughly what it is. Okay, so. So, so how much were those? I think our most expensive ticket was like 12 Oh, that's not bad at Dude, all. Dude, no. I was like, why? I was about to be like, Corey, why aren't you watching every movie in IMAX if it's this affordable? <laughs> well, I think also it was Dune. Um, Dune was released in the movie theaters, not just on HBO Max, right? Yeah, it was a same day release. So um, it was both both platforms of like in theater and HBO, right? Yeah. Okay. But like IMAX around here, I feel like is around Charlotte's like 25 bucks a pop, I swear. Well, we only have one discovery place, I think, right? Right, right. Everything else like is the actual, like true IMAX. Everything else is a lie. Yeah, and I don't think I could be mistaken, but I don't see them um, kind of pushing big movies like that. Dude, that's the thing is, I, I the scale in that is so sick. I was like, I want the thing that. I was actually a little bit deterred by on just a hair was that the whole movie wasn't shot in IMAX. I know that they don't always shoot with IMAX cameras because they're huge and expensive, but uh, not every scene was covering the entire scene, you know? That's that's a little weird. Yeah, I know that it's common, though. It's like they cropped. It's like they... they bits and pieces like ah, we're gonna put this scene into the regular well that's what i thought was kind of interesting i was trying to figure out what the the pattern was for them to always be showing the full screen so i was like all right so am i seeing the, is the full screen the the visions of the future or something or is it you know is it correlated to what he's seeing or is it just a stylistic flair that um denis villeneuve decided to you know do it's kind of like what what is going on you know mm -hmm. so 
that was my only thing just from that. But dude, I, from the sound to what it's, what it looked like, I was like, this is fucking awesome, dude. And I think I love that movie. You, I could have told you that you like that from a, the from an individual that appreciates movies and the quality that things are shot in, you, yeah. you can appreciate doing. Yeah. Uh, like I, I do see its flaws. Like, I think uh, Chalamet is a little bit stilted, but I I just think that it is such an experience and it's such an immersive experience, especially in IMAX. I was literally blown the fuck away. I had, I've seen it three times and I watched it the fourth time in IMAX. And I still was like, oh, my God, you know, mm-hmm. and like just the scale of it. And, you know, when you can see a scene in movies or TVs that it clearly did not. They're like in front of a green screen or something. I, I like never felt that ever watching that movie. And yeah. it, and for the it, like the majority of the entire movie to have like all these spacecrafts and shit like that, like all the science fiction stuff that probably wasn't real. It's just like, holy shit. How do they do that? But it's a lot. Yeah, I don't know how you would. <laughs> but on top of uh, the awesome time in Austin, went to this place called Moonshiners. Um, it was like this. It felt like a bar that was made in a house, uh, like an old bar house or something like that. Like put a bar in there or something and uh, got some chicken and waffles, of course. And I thought it was oh, <laughs> the, the classic chick. And uh, I. I'll tell you two things, uh, chicken and waffles, dank. Another thing, I didn't expect them to serve popcorn with uh, the meal. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, but popcorn. Well, it's like, um, you know, when they bring bread sometimes or rolls, instead of that, they brought popcorn. Interesting concept with the pop. It's probably cheaper to do that, to be honest. Well, both bread and pop are pretty cheap. One is just a lot, a lot, uh, I don't even know how to put it. You just put it in the popcorn, depending on what kind. You can microwave it, you can put it in one of those microwave poppers, and then pretty cheap overhead. Yeah, that's what I'm saying is the, 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 the pop is actually a pretty good idea, honestly. But, um, yeah, so on top of that, scootered everywhere. Literally scooters everywhere, and I was like, I'm here for it. The uh, the scooter situation was pretty interesting. I ended up getting like a, a three-day pass for $30. And if you average out the each ride you do to about $6 a ride, it is absolutely a deal. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would recommend getting the Lime day pass or uh you can do like i think it's eight dollars for as unlimited rides and an hour which almost if you ride for 10 minutes you're gonna be paying six bucks it's almost it's almost 50 cents a minute or something like that well i'm I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because i'm pretty sure i played myself yesterday (laughs) let's see how much much i spent um let's check the old counter real quick Yes. I don't know what card I have on file. Let me see. I would always recommend if anybody is in a town where they're visiting and they think they're going to be doing scooters a lot, always go with the unlimited. The unlimited uh, allows you for 30 minutes 
of unlimited writing. And then after that, it's 35 cents a minute, but you can just hop off and then hop back on. Um, and that's unlimited rides for three days for like 30 bucks or something like that. I mean, you're easily going to be paying six to seven bucks one way if it's like two miles or a mile. Yeah. So I would, I would definitely recommend the ride pass. I'm, I'm looking right now to see how much, what's the damage. Uh Oh, what's uh, I, I, I looked at the damage, uh, that I spent. Let me see. Let me see. Oh, I didn't bring the, my notes. I need to see where they are. But anyways. Um, oh, so, dude, I got a bird charge for 20 bucks. Oh, Lanta. What I took. You could you could have got a day pass probably of Lime for like 12 bucks. I think it goes like eight. Uh, an hour is eight. Uh, a full day is 12. And then three days oh. is 30. Dude, so I got one ten dollars, another one ninety-two cents, another one ten dollars, another one a dollar, another one ten dollars. Wait, all these birds? Um, no line. So ten, twenty, thirty, thirty, what? two, thirty-one. Dude, holy sack, man! Dude, I was I was slinging it everywhere. Dude, what the hell? You should have got a day pass for twelve bucks, dude. I didn't know I could do that. Play myself. Yeah, played yourself. But um, yeah. So what? What else? I rode limes everywhere, um, and then went to Esther's Follies. I think I told you about that. That was like the vignette show with uh Billy Brooks. I met Mackay uh Mackay Brooks' brother. Which was kind of cool. Billy was really cool. And so was Corey. Okay. Yeah, but Corey, uh, Corey, and I went to the Elephant Room, which, like I said, was the jazz club, and he said that that place hadn't changed a bit, and it felt like it was like something from like the eighties or something like that, <laughs> and uh, it felt like underground and cool. Oh, it felt the underground. <laughs> the underground is that? Is that like the empire? No, no, no. This is the underground. <laughs> oh, did, I guess they got. I guess they got drops too. I mean, this is like you are now listening to the underground. <laughs> I feel like underground needed to hit with that strength. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, yeah. I was like, this is sick because it was like hole in the wall status. But um, anyways, went to Esther's Follies on Friday. That was that was pretty hilarious, dude. This Esther's Follies uh, performances were really impressive. Uh, I will say that it was pretty left leaning, so just go in knowing that. Um, the performances were hilarious and they were extremely well done. Um, they were like timely. They they didn't feel like old performances that they had been doing for ten years, you know. Right. Um, or even like two years. Everything I felt like was really up to date to like they would like do a dance, do a, a song number or, you know, in these hilarious costumes and stuff like that. Run around. It was like a comedy show at, at the same time. Um, and they had these windows that were on the outside uh, of Sixth Street kind of looking into the building of 
of the theater and they would have people like interact uh from the outside which is cool so sometimes it would be like people that were plants like obviously there was were actors outside um but the audience would be looking outside and then like random tourists would walk by the theater show as something was going on <laughs> and they'd be like what the um it, it was very unique i was like this is sick so i did i tell you how the breakdown is of like sixth street and rainy no, no, I don't think you did. okay so I, I've, I've described this like six times so i'm like kind of forgetting who i'm telling this to uh the uh okay so the breakdown of austin what it feels like is sixth street is the central broadway street for all of the the main the main bars and probably the the older tourists touristy places you know um places mm-hmm. to eat places to drink um on both sides of the street i think they actually close it down on certain nights um so you can't drive through there um but uh on the other street rainy street is uh basically the street of these houses that have been like what feel like unconventional houses that have been flipped into like restaurants and bars and so Mm -hmm. they straight up turn into like a college street and it was like it was the type of thing where you felt like you were walking down and there. It reminded me of like when there's lines out the out the wazoo of these bars and people just waiting in like 10 to 15 packs to get into a bar that probably will never serve them because there's so many people. You know, it was mm-hmm. it was really cool, though. Um, but uh, definitely young people vibe down there. But Rainy Street was definitely more the young, young folk. I'd say under 30. Um and then Sixth Street was way more of the the older crowd. And then around there, they had little holes in the walls that were, you know, like the Elephant Room uh, Jazz Club. But uh, that's kind of the layout. And um, I, if anyone goes, definitely stay downtown. Downtown was where it's at. Is that, is that the move? Yeah, I mean, you're like I said, if you don't want to Uber, which. I think that I've learned after going to Nashville and some more more other uh, touristy places that you're going to be paying twenty five to fifty dollars every time you want to go home if you're in an Airbnb, really, right? Like, for what? Well, if we were in when we were in Gatlinburg, it almost cost us twenty five bucks every time we went down to the city. Right, but you you get the experience of the mountains. Well, no, what I'm saying is like, uh, if we weren't in the mountains, though, if we were further out in the city, um, for example, Nashville, when we went through Nashville, yeah, Nashville's definitely should have Nashville. Like, there's some places you want to stay out, be a little bit more secluded, yeah. like Gatlinburg, you're going to the mountains, you want to get like a log cabin. Yeah. You're going to have to do that regardless. But in terms of like a city, like What's yeah, Nashville, you're going to Texas, going to some of these other. You're not going to go to New York and stay in the outskirts. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, what I say is always pay more to stay at a hotel that's closer to your destinations than further out and try to save the money because you're going to end up spending more on Ubers and you're going to be more uncomfortable, to be honest. like yeah, Sometimes you can't get around it yeah. with your party size. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you, but, if you can't. That's always if you can is what I would say try to right. stay closer to the destinations but uh the the fairmont i think is what what i was at um was sick it felt like a half gala looking place super decorative for the season um 
and nice ass bar. There was weddings going on and it looks like it connected to some sort of convention center of some sort. So you could like rent it out and it was easy to stay and move around kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought it was pretty sick. It had a nice pool and I think a heated pool and a hot tub. Um, uh, you definitely took advantage of the hot tub. I actually didn't get in the hot tub because I was uh, there was a lot of people in the hot tub uh, at you all times. You were like you were like scoot over, make some room. Dude, I, w- I was not gonna be that guy. I mean, I mean, if there was like you know honeys in there, I'd be like, all right, yeah, oh, yeah, oh no, that's oh, no. no. <laughs> anyone to eat at home. But <laughs> so yeah, actually the weather was. Pretty nice. It was around 70, pretty comfortable. I, I could have wore shorts the majority of the time until Saturday, which was the last day um, before leaving. And I was freezing um, in shorts. It was like 50. Didn't get really 50 or 60. It was pretty chilly. But um, yeah, I did like a um, twisted tour um, like party bus. And... They had a band on there. Did you see any of the snaps? I did. Yeah, it was. They were good. Uh, Hannah Barkat was like the band or something like that, and it was on the Twisted Texas tour bus and had a lot of fun. The guy that was our tour guide was named Tex, and he was he was pretty cool. Um, a lot of biddies on there. It was like a big bachelorette kind of thing um birthdays a lot of birthdays being celebrated on there and you know how we had to start off the day with a little bit of gin and bourbon bourbon no no <laughs> it was like 10 30 i was like oh my god and i'm pretty sure i was still hung over from hanging out with Corey. i was hung over for like two days after that but i didn't feel terrible like normal because it was good alcohol i guess but that and probably just the fact of being somewhere probably got you up and up and going. Yeah, I was just like I needed needed a little level up. But anyways, so that was Saturday. I'm trying to think of anything else. Oh yeah, I went down on Rainy Street on Saturday in on my Atlanta. I'll send you some pictures of. Let me send you some pictures so you can see some of these uh Rainy Street things going on because that was where it was at. Um, you and I would would get lost in the sauce. If you know what I mean. Yeah, let me let me see these pics. All right, yeah. You'll understand once you see this one. And bloop. Got a had some lobster on a lobster truck. That was dank. Let's see. All right, you getting all these? All ticks. Yep. I concur. I, I confirm. <laughs> it's like, oh, Santa. I was like, that's all you had to say. Level up, level up, level up. Oh, here's here's Sikachin. Here's old Corey. Here's old Billy. Oh, we hang we hung out with this guy named Patrick that was a longtime toasty as well. Patrick was really cool. He had just moved down to Austin. Yeah, 
I think that you might have saw them in the Snapchats too. I did. Oh, dude. Dude. <laughs> I didn't have to do him like that, did I? <laughs> you didn't have to do him like that. <laughs> I, know. I was like, look at this guy. <laughs> He's turnt. <laughs> Corey was hilarious to hang out with. Uh, what kind of sandwich was that? Dude, that's the brisket, man. It was so good. I, I'm showing you inside of Casino El Camino, too. That's the one I just... This okay, so I wanted to save the best for last, though, which is not really the best. It was honestly the worst experience. All right. So let me see if I can find that uh, Snapchat real quick where it basically explains what's happening. Oh, whoops. Okay, so that's kind of a snippet of what the hell I was dealing with. Oh my lanta, dude. Have you ever had a flight canceled on you? Oh yeah. When I was uh when I was traveling to when I was in Orlando. Did um my return my return schedule was all jacked up. But I had me going to Miami, get a connector flight to Miami <laughs> back home and stuff like that, and those flights got delayed. They didn't want you bouncing in the city with the heat is on. I was not bouncing the city where the heat is on. So, so I, was bouncing, I was bouncing to the airport trying to get home. <laughs> okay, okay. So, tell, how close were you about to leave? Okay, because I guarantee you, God dang it, you were not nearly as close as I was. How close? I mean, you, how, you said you said you were on the plane, dude. The fucking thrusters were going, dude. They were like. <laughs> They're like, and then they're like, oh, wait a minute, we got a windshield problem. Dude, <laughs> I don't know what the hell, dude. I don't, first of all, what the hell the process is of knowing there's a windshield problem. I just assume that there's like sensors on the windows that can tell if there's pressure on them. But they're like, all I, I feel is like we're getting ready to take off. Like everything's all good, relatively fine. And this is the same plane that had taken us there. Like it's the same route, it's the same plane. And mm -hmm. so it was a fairly new 737. And I was like, I was thinking to my head, I was like, oh shit, I'm getting terrible service right now. I need to download all these fucking apps and these games so I'm not bored as fuck. So I was like, come on, come on, come on, damn it. And I was trying to download all this shit. And this kid that was on my one o'clock view was with this entire family. He had another brother and a mom. They were, she, the mom was like struggling to keep these kids together, like squirming all out of his seat. He was like four years old, like kicking the, the 
seat in front of him. And I was like, geez, I, I was like, this is a nightmare for her. Um, the kid was om- really the first one to notice. So we were like getting ready to take off. And everything's like, you know, rumbling and shit like that. And then it's like. And you can feel the the plane about to take off because we're going down the fucking thing, the the airway. And then all of a sudden the kid's like, why are you stopping? What's going on? And I mean, the kid's obviously saying everything the entire plane's thinking. And we're like, what the fuck is going on? And all of a sudden it feels like fucking Vin Diesel is whipping the damn whip at the front. And the plane is like going, like whipping around into another lane. And we're like, shit, this thing is getting it. I'm like, I guess he's getting us in a different lane. I figured they were just moving lanes so that someone else could pull in. Um, And so it took them about 20 minutes, maybe 15 to tell us there's some sort of mechanical issue and he's going to be as transparent as he can. And so what it feels like is, yo, yo, what up, forgotten, uh, for, oh, thanks for the uh, raid, Forgotten Virtue, thank you, thank you. Be sure to check out Forgotten Virtue's channel, y'all. So we were talking about the plane ride home from Austin and how it was absolutely a nightmare. Um, yo, yo, yo. Um, so anyways... We were literally on the tarmac as soon as the thing was about to take off. The damn plane was literally about to take off. The fucking captain comes on the the, the plane uh, intercom. He's like, psh, oh, we're sorry about this, uh, everybody, but uh, psh, there's uh, some mechanical issue. Some sort of window psh, needs to be uh, fixed. And we're like, a window? I'm like, all right, so obviously this is probably some sort of small issue, right? It's, you know, no big deal. So I'm like... Listening to uh, some music, I watch Arcane a little bit. I I really would suggest watching that because it was it really entertained me the most of the day. That was hell. So, um, yeah, I was listening to that for about forty five minutes, and I realized I was like, we have been on this fucking plane for forty five minutes, and then they tell us that it's going to take a little bit to get the 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 windows all fixed and whatnot. And then I stand up and I talk to a stewardess, and I'm like all right, what's the deal? You know, um, what's going on? And she, they basically announced that you cannot get off the plane and, uh, sorry, you can get off the plane. Um, but you can't get your luggage if you have any under, under the carriage. And so I, I didn't have any, so that really didn't affect me, but we didn't know if this was going to be a 30 minute fix or an hour fix. So I'm sitting there like, all right, well, that's not too bad of a deal. And then all of a sudden they're like, um, or they come over the intercom. Every time they came over the intercom, it was bad fucking news. It was like, they were like, uh, first, the first announcement was like, first you can, you can get off the plane, but you can't get your luggage. This is the second announcement, everybody. Um, actually, you can't get off the plane because there is a guy that is, has the keys to the security gate. And if you open the security gate, there will be a massive alarm in the airport. Um, thank you. So you're stuck on the airplane for at least another 20. <laughs> um, please stay calm and seated. We're like, what the fuck? Um, okay, so that's when I stand up and I ask the stewardess, is this a 45 minute fix on this airplane or are we going to be here several hours? And she's looking at me like, honey, 
they are going to have to fly a fucking windshield from fucking Chicago all the way to fucking Austin to get this fucking plane going. You ain't going nowhere, honey. Oh, she told you what was up. She's like, you ain't going anywhere. Yeah, she basically said, take that badge and shove it. And these are these are the stewardess and captains that had been on the plane for 12 hours. So they had or, you know, they had exceeded their amount of work hours. So they were already ready to get off. So about after that lady told me that we were going to be there for an indefinite amount of time, they said that we could get off the plane but still not get our luggage <laughs> under the deck. It would, it, We still couldn't get our luggage. I was like, I'm getting the fuck off this plane. I can't deal with this. And then as soon as I was about to get off, the fucking tides from both of the sides of the aisle get up as there's an, uh, the third announcement that says, everybody needs to get off the plane now. And you need to get in a 300 filled pile line of customer service with only three tenants helping everybody. Good fucking luck. <laughs> and so basically they tell us we have to go to the fucking gate again and wait in a line basically filled with everybody. And I was at the back of the fucking bus, dude. So I literally got shafted on the first customer service line that I was at sitting in for at least 45 minutes. So I was about the third or fourth person away from getting my, you had to go to get your, you know, ticket changed or figure out where you're going to do with your ticket to get your final destination type thing. And so you're standing in line and it's a clusterfuck of a line. Nobody knows what the fuck is going on. So they're taking forever to get all these customers, all these people that were on the plane processed through. I'm like the third or fourth person away from being uh, processed. And this lady at the front is like the, the customer service lady representative that works for American Airlines goes on the intercom. Um, thank you for uh, waiting, everybody. Um, these customer service lines will be closing in 20 minutes. These customer service lines will be closed in 20 minutes. Thank you. And you need to go to the end of the other terminal at the end of the fucking airport to figure this out if you are not processed here. So we essentially get shafted after waiting at least another 45 minutes um, in that first customer service line. Tell us to run to fucking from gate six to gate 28, which is literally like a mile away. <laughs> Somehow waiting in the airport yesterday, I got four miles on my uh, watch. I was, oh, God. dude, I don't know how. I was like, this is ridiculous. So they closed the customer service line that they're helping people with because there's an international flight coming in on that gate. I'm like, this is not how you do this at all. This is the worst customer service I've ever had, you know? Mm -hmm. So I'm like, dude, this is this is insanity. So they on top of everything that they've told us, they literally bring us into another uh, another customer service lane that is across the fucking world at another gate. So I'm I'm literally trucking people, grannies, old people, pushing young kids left and right out of the way so that I don't have to wait in another line full of 300 people at gate 28. And as soon as I get to gate 28, guess what's there? Big ass, big ass cluster. 
Big ass cluster. It looked like it was a cluster that was even worse, but I was at the end of it. So I kind of scooty doop to the front. You know, I did the skitty bop, um, you know, rub shoulders with somebody at the front. Like, oh, hey, how's it going? You know, be like, what's going on oh, here? Yeah, good to see you. Yeah. How's, the, how's the grandfather? Doing? <laughs> I kind of did that to like some people that I had been waiting in line with before. So, I mean, we were, I was at the airport so fucking long, I was making goddamn friends. <laughs> and, um, you could have taken a rental car all the way back home at this point, dude. I was seriously considering it. It was like a fifteen-hour drive, and honestly, if we had left at a certain time, we would have been there. Uh, we would have been there in the time it took took to drive. Right. We were. I was fucking in the airport for about twelve hours, maybe ten. Um, mm -hmm. but this was literally absolute hell in the airport. And I had to, after the second line we had to wait in, I was just like, I have no faith that I'm even getting home and tonight. I mean, I was like, this is ridiculous. Like they can't promise on anything. Their, their customer service sucks. And I, you know, I, it's not everyone's fault that this is happening, but no one's coordinating shite. And they're, they're kind of going back and forth on what they're saying. So eventually get the tickets processed at the second customer service line. I honestly saw about five to six different people miss their fucking flight that was standing right beside like, okay, so there's a like a bajillion people waiting in the uh, customer service line, uh, gate 28. And gate 28 is also shared by an actual gate of people going into the airport, going into an airplane. And people were standing in the customer service line thinking they were waiting for the, the plane to board and they fucking missed their flight. They like closed the doors on them and stuff. And they're like, oh, and I saw so many disappointed people that were like, yeah. dude, I was just like sitting here like they were at the gate. They were just standing in the wrong fucking line and there was no coordination. So um, on top of that, I was getting hangry as hell. So it's like. You know, hadn't eaten all damn day. Thought I was going to be home by two and it was about five at that point. And I had waited in a line for about two and a half hours on top of being in the plane for about an hour. Um, So I was like, this is ass. I was like, this is one of the worst experiences ever. But I honestly, I didn't have any faith that the 10 o'clock replacement um plane was going to come in and come through either. So I just had super low expectations. I was, you know, you know, when you're ready to go home and you just can't get home, it, it's one of the worst feelings, to be honest. Right. Um, I was just like, this is this is really difficult. So I was uh, kind of feeling all time low, but then Double Toasted came on live and I was like, all right, now I'm feeling a little bit better. They were they were doing a hilarious uh, recap of Corey's adventures with uh, squirrels eating his Internet. <laughs> which oh. appa it's apparently is an epidemic i had no idea about but um so yeah i was sitting there they uh and they give us vouchers do you know how much the vouchers are for these little lunch things that they they gave us for for yeah, uh, and we had to ask for these they weren't even giving them out twelve dollars it was a $12 lunch voucher and my chicken fingers cost 18. <laughs> Negative deal. Yeah, dude. What the hell are you going to do me like that? <laughs> so, um, 
Yeah, I was that's feeling why you need to, That's why you need to upgrade to the Platinum card. They actually have where they have a, any kind of money that is experienced during any kind of flight error. Mm-hmm. It's all credited back to you. Oh, that, that's what I need, dude. I'm tired of being a... I'm a plebeian right now, dude. I think it's like up to like $250 or something like that, or case-by-case case scenario. I don't know all the details right off the top of my head, but you should look into that if you're a frequent flyer. I'm not a frequent flyer after this bullshit, I'll tell you that. <laughs> oh my God. It was such a smooth flight there. It was so jarring to have that happen on the way back. Um, mm-hmm. So... Literally, when you're walking through the airport, at least on a Sunday, I, it might be short staff or Sunday. I don't know what it was. Every, I, think, uh, I think in general, I think just over half the places was the, closed. The airlines are really low staff. It was it was closed. I couldn't uh, couldn't find almost anywhere to eat. Like there was nowhere to eat. Um, there was like one or two bars that were still open. So that's where I got my chicken fingers at. Still had to sit and wait for another 30 minutes. Oh, my God. Um, so I'm like dying of hunger, dying of thirst, dying of not being able to get home. But at least we're not dying on the airplane where uh, potentially the, the captain could have been sucked out <laughs> or something. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been. Straight, straight, mayday, mayday. <laughs> you still we got a problem. <laughs> oh, my gosh, dude. I was not ready. Uh, we're going down. The uh, captain and the co-pilot co- uh, have left uh, left the airplane. They've left the building. <laughs> they have uh, ejected themselves, uh, not purposely, from the aircraft. Uh, we're going down. <laughs> dude, I was like, dude, that's intense. But um, so obviously, I was glad they caught that problem. I wouldn't want that to be going down. That's not. That's no bueno. But the funny thing was. Eventually, getting to board on the plane, the uh, once again we got in a. They told us to get in a fucking line because they said they got the seats seat assignments wrong, and to check with customer service again <laughs> with the people that we had just checked in almost with, um, to check the boarding passes again. And as everyone's getting in this line to get checked again, another lady comes out of the the terminal. Uh, where the the where you walk through, she busted open. She's like, "All right, everybody, come on through." And it's like, "Well, fuck that." That's the that's the fundamental issue right there is that they don't know what the other one's saying. And so half the people that are in the line in the customer service line that think they need to get their boarding passes checked for like a third time are starting to leave and starting to get bored on the plane. And it was so clustered. It was literally like hit or miss. Like half the people were like, oh, yeah, you do have to go check check your boarding pass again. And they get kicked off and they had to go in the customer service line again to wait in that third line. Or uh, my ticket, my ticket worked. So I got on the plane and pretty much as soon as we got on the plane, it was pretty smooth sailing from there. But <laughs> the funny thing was the uh, – the, uh, uh, the captain they got on, they got new captains and new stewardesses um, for the fresh fresh hours or whatever. Um, they were like, we have no idea what happened on that last flight, so we're sorry, but don't hurt us. <laughs> it was basically like it was basically saying that they were like, don't don't blame us. It wasn't us. <laughs> oh, dude. But I was cussing 
American Airlines out all damn day on Twitter. So that's that's how I felt about that. But eventually made it home at uh, about touchdown around 2 p.m. Sorry, 2 a.m. Oh, 2 a.m. I was about to say 2 p.m. is not bad. Sorry, 2 p.m. No, no, no. 2, no, no. I was supposed to be home at 2 p.m. I got home at 2 a.m. Mm. That was my day. <laughs> so your whole entire day was spent in the airport. Dude, yeah. Waiting in lines for like three hours, most of it. You know, it it would have been completely different if they just told us everything would have been fine and to give us a Centurion Lounge uh, pass and get a fucking massage and shut the hell up. You know, that would have been the way to do that. Yeah, but they ain't going to do that. Yeah, they ain't going to massage my feet. They ain't going to rub my back. They ain't going to do nothing. They, as a matter of fact, they told me to get here, go get you some chicken tenders and you still got to pay for the rest. <laughs> and that's only the centurion access as well dude dude i'm i'm tired of living like a plebeian but i honestly don't know even know if i could fly for like another five months after that holy well we have about uh oh, dude that's that was a about, about an eight month eight month period it's going to take a lot of will to want to get on that fucking air uh, American Airlines again. That that's going to give me PTSD. Well, I'd be glad it wasn't like a spirit. <laughs> Dude, it felt like we were being treated like spirit customers, like plebes. <laughs> what do I look like? I was oh, the other one. Uh, Frontier. We Frontier. <laughs> Frontier. You, you cannot move your seat back at all. <laughs> Frontier hop on one of those propeller planes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, parts falling off on the way. <laughs> Just hold on, it'll be okay. <laughs> Most of us make it. <laughs> oh my god, dude! It felt like a fucking Frontier flight, flight or something. I don't know. I I might have my airlines wrong in my head now. Just <laughs> that was too much to handle. Oh my god. That does sound like a lot. But uh that was that was essentially the weekend in a, a nutshell. But I'm I'm so glad to be back. Back like a rack attack and sack making a little money. Yeah, dude. <sighs> Having experience like that can can do it to you. I know with my with my situation, they like run you through hoops trying to figure out how to get home. I mean they're trying to figure out certain kind of moving parts you you would think it would be easy but when all of these flights are being utilized and they're already low staffed and you're in one of the busiest time of the year in traveling i mean you're talking about if something were to go wrong like that you got serious commotion in the supply chain trying to figure out a to repair the plane or two find a replacement that's not being used that's what I was you like. Know. I was so surprised they didn't have a plane already ready to go. But I guess these major, even a multi-billion dollar corporation like American Airlines doesn't have a spare uh, plane just laying around at every airplane ready, every airport ready to go. They would, be, they would be losing money. Those planes are millions of dollars. They have to be utilizing them at all times. I guess so. I mean, I just was so surprised. Especially when you're at the busiest time of the year. I mean, you could not have picked a worse time to travel. <laughs> Actually, I think a little worse would have been like two or three more weeks, but I think that is as far as I could have gotten. 
well, believe it or not, people try and be proactive in terms of the traveling. So you, you still are getting a lot of commotion. Yeah. During just, just in general, between November all the way to January, you got some serious movement in the, in the travel world. No lie there. I was, I was not itching to get back in an airport for a while. The, on top of all that was the, uh, the mask mandate obviously just made my nose so fucking raw. I was like, I cannot breathe through my nose anymore. It was a, uh-huh. it was a miserable experience. I'm not like saying like yes or no on them. I'm just saying that the mask was making my fucking nose like insanely raw. I was like, this is, it's the worst it's ever been for me. I've never had that happen. Well, especially when you have it on for that that amount of time and they're requiring you to have them on in the plane waiting and all that stuff. Yeah. I, I, most, the only time I was told really to keep it on a hundred percent was the, uh, what's it called? The, on the way there, the, of course the, the most attractive stewardess came up to me and she was like, um, can you please put that over your bag, over your face while you eat? I was like, okay. <laughs> I was like, okay. I, I had it, I had it on and I was just like sipping coffee or something. She's like, um, you can sip and then throw it back on, please. I was like, all right. <laughs> and then no one the entire trip said anything else. I was like, okay. And Texas is pretty, pretty kind of do do whatever you want to do type of thing. But they're all like, yeah, not they're not man mandating much, um, there. But um, yeah, it was uh. It was interesting. I was, I was absolutely, I was raw in more ways than one. <laughs> Let's just say that. Oh, I was so tired too. Oh my gosh, I <laughs> oh, felt, felt crazy. But um, just well, dude, glad to be back. We're glad, we're glad to have you back. Yeah. In one piece. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm mostly back. My, my. <laughs> I should be fully. <laughs> I should be fully back soon, though. Oh, yeah, I'll right. be fully back tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I, I know you you aren't fully back either. Oh, Lance. I think we'll both be back <laughs> tomorrow. Oh, my goodness, yeah. But um, let me uh, let me uh, take care of the aftercast real quick, and then we uh, I'll stay on Discord with you. All right, uh, Atham, thank you for joining us on the Aftercast number 27 for the experience of visiting Austin and you know, hearing what you were up to this weekend as well. Thank you for joining us. Do you got a plug or anything? I'm a real estate, North Carolina realtor. Contacts for all your commercial, residential, single family investing properties. Atham Mom Real Estate at Powered by Costello Real Estate and investments great thank you all right everyone you know what to do if you want more like a dog podcast like follow subscribe do what you got to do we are going to keep uh the stream live but we are going to head on out mute the stream do whatever we got to do from the work angles i got some you know deals to make and stuff to sign and things to edit and all that fun stuff and jazz in between but thank you for watching listening like a dog podcast Take it easy. Bag it and tag it, boys.